Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, and Accessibility, DEINA, are important to any company. If you're going to remain competitive as a company in this world today, according to Gloria Neal, you need to get hip to DEINA. You need to embrace it and make sure that your company is moving forward in your DEINA initiative. Welcome to the Empowerment Zone with Ramona Houston, where we zone in on black and brown relations and our journey to empowering our communities. I'm happy to talk to Gloria Neal today about DEINA and also environmental, social, and governance. Companies, according to Gloria are losing much of their talent and they're losing the energy and drive of their employees because they fail to accept their employees as their authentic selves. So listen to our conversation today and learn more about DEINA and why it's so important for your company if it's going to uh, be profitable and competitive in this century. Today, I am talking to Gloria Neal, founder and principal of Glow Nose Consulting. I actually met um, Gloria at the B Civic Conference in November of last year, 2022, in Denver, Colorado. And B Civic is a really interesting organization. It's an initiative of the Denver Metro Chamber, and its focus is on encouraging businesses to be civic minded. And as you all know, I'm big on social responsibility and that businesses must provide solutions to uh, the problems that our communities and our global society uh, have. And so here at, at B Civic, uh, they encourage businesses in the Metro Denver and Colorado uh, area to invest in and make an impact in the community and across the state. So uh, it was such a delight to connect with Gloria um, last year, and we've become sister friends since then. So uh, welcome, Gloria, to the Empowerment Zone. Oh, you are so, so welcome, Ramona. Thanks for having me. This is a thrill. Well, I am excited to have you because you are uh, doing some great work with uh, Glow Nose Consulting, and you're really in that space of social responsibility and the importance of advancing diversity, equity, and inclusion, the uh, D-E-N-I. Mm -hmm. And um, we know we live in a moment. Some people, I know I've had some friends that question me, me and say, no, this is not a moment of, of DE&I. Mm -hmm. uh, but I do believe it is and that we who are um, people in that field who who have the expertise and the knowledge to make it happen in our communities, we have to uh, embrace this moment. Yeah. And so, um, Gloria, I know you're a journalist and you used to live here in Atlanta, you're back in Denver, and you've mm -hmm. done all this great uh, work in front of the camera and behind the camera. And mm -hmm. so I'd like you to share a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your journey as a journalist and oh. what you're doing now. 
You know, so I'll start with the last. So what I am doing now is consulting in that DEI space and in the environmental, social, and governance space, meaning that if DEI is a tree, ESG, environmental social governance, is the entire forest. So DEI really is encompassed in the S of ESG, that social piece. And what we are looking at in this particular time in our history, our country's history. Sometimes, and you said this early, you said, you know, people don't believe that it is because they're expecting everything to be grandiose, right? They're expecting it to be now, kind of like that movie, everything, anywhere, all the time, whatever, right? It is not going to be that way, right? It is not. It is, I would be very pleased if we are in a position to make some progress, real progress in this space is going to come in baby steps because we are talking about changing people's mindsets and we're starting it at work. If we really, really wanted to get to the crux, we would start it at home. But that's mm -hmm. where all this starts, at home. Mm -hmm. So for me, my journey um, started out in, I wasn't even a journalism major. I was a uh, business a marketing major, yeah. minor in comms, but I went to the University of Colorado and um, and I paid my own way. So therefore, I know I was paying attention. <laughs> so, so with all of that being said, I really wanted to, it's always been in me to do this kind of work, but you, you, the stars hadn't lined up, right? The universe hadn't said, okay, go. Now the clock is ticking. And so I don't always want to hearken back to the horrible murder of George Floyd, I want to make sure we cash that check on the credit of his love and his blood mm -hmm. and we move forward. We don't always go back to that. We always say, you know what? We're not going back to mm -hmm. that. How do we continue to advance it? So when I began in uh, radio and TV, when I, once I graduated from um, CU, I really wanted to, and that wasn't really orthodox. It was just like, hey, you've got a good voice. Hey, do you like the news? And I have always been that person. And I've always been a person who loves information and, and learning channels. I was even the child who would sneak under the table and listen to old folks talk. <laughs> I love the history. That being said, it all has laid the foundation to where I am now, which is in this space saying, hey, corporation, hey, CEO, hey, board, your governance is out of whack. You can say you are in support of diversity or equity and inclusion. How many of y'all have black friends where you are forwarding that relationship, not just from the workplace, but into real life, right? Mm -hmm. How many of your kids have black friends that I don't get caught up in that? Well, how many people of color? I am specific to the universe. How many black folks, right? And I know there's Latinx, there's Hispanic, there's um, a Latino, there is Black, when I look at Black folks and I look at the advocacy so many times, and I've even said this to my Latino girlfriends, I've said, y'all don't ever hesitate when you talk about Latina, Latinos, la, you know, Hispanics. Y'all don't hesitate, Mexican, Puerto Rican, Chicano. But Black people, a lot of times you'll find it saying, people of color, you know, we really want to, we always extend an olive branch and we're always, <clears throat> those things have shaped where I am to say, if the universe says you got to be specific, then be specific, Gloria. If you know your people, right, not tribalism, because I'm not upholding anybody in their wrong, but I understand what it's going to take, some of it anyway, to help us at least 
get to the next spot on the board. And I'm not trying to get us all the way around the board. Mm -hmm. Just let's get to the next spot. Because remember, baby steps is what this work, this environmental, social, and governance, uh, this diversity, equity, and inclusion. You can say, I've hired these many people, but did you include them? And did you pay them what you're paying the white counterpart? <laughs> did you pay them more to keep them? Mm -hmm. All of that comes into play when people say, well, you know, we hired the black people, but they just, they left because you didn't include them in anything. They didn't feel seen or heard. All of that matters in this discussion without, by the way, having white people say, well, you know, I didn't own no slaves. I didn't, you know, why are you? Um, that's good because I wasn't a slave. <laughs> but here's where I know we are now. We all on the Titanic. Either we're going to help lift this boat or it is going down. Totally agree. You know, all of us have a responsibility, especially those with power. Um, when we talk about um, power within corporations, we know that um, white people are mainly the power, uh, hold the keys to the power structure. And um, going to your point about ESG, a lot of companies now, to repeat, environment, social governance, they rate their success on their ESG ratings. Correct. And both you and I are focusing on the social impact, uh, so, social component of ESG. That's so, when you, so when you look at um, your efforts um, with some of the people you have worked with or some of the conversations you have had, and you raise up the, the issue of... Um, diversity, inclusion, and right. equity in terms of everything you mentioned, in terms of pay, in terms of recruitment, in terms of belonging. Right. What type of pushback have you received? You know, because a lot of people say, at least this is my experience working mm -hmm. with some of the groups that I've worked with, mm -hmm. that they say they're all for deep diversity, equity, and inclusion. But when it comes to the execution of it all, oh. uh, there are some challenges there. You know, I do a lot of workshops on, you know, DEI and A, uh, accessibility. Um, yeah, that's right. And you, you can do the training, like you talked about mindset, all of that. We can do all that. But the next effort is you have to take the next step, right? You have to take the step of execution. So yeah. I'm wondering... What type of issues are raised when it's in your experience when it's time for execution? So here's what I always say, Ramona. I say, please, when they say, well, Gloria, we want to pay you. And, you know, this is, that's great. I'm not taking your check until I see a commitment because I'm not into one and done, right? You do workshop and y'all are like, great. We feel so much better. And we were in the workshop all week and now it's Friday Miller time. And let's just, hey. What about Monday morning? Heck, the hell with Monday morning. What about Friday evening? Who's going to Miller time with y'all? Where does it not end, right? This is not a, I got it, I paid for it, and I'm going to put it on the shelf. It is a living, breathing document. That's what it is. And your employee base will tell you because one of the things that I do in um, one form of my workshop, depending on how long the duration, I always say to them, I am not coming in for one week or for one session and saying, okay, check, they're cured. This is a journey. 
And so the pushback that I have experienced has been just that. Well, we want to do it. Hey, but you know, ESG, we were thinking, or even DEI, we want to do it our way. Well, that's is that the way that as as I know it, that's been taught, that's being taught um, in the environmental, social, and governance lead schools in the colleges of business. And because if you think about it, and I always equate this to the bottom line, if that's one thing about white folks, you start messing with their money, it's like, oh, wait, wait, game on. I always equate DEI or ESG to the profit margin, to the return on investment. If in fact you do not want to be left behind, keep training and losing employees for the competition, because that's what you're doing when they leave. You just train them for the competition or you train them to go out and be your competition. People are over um, being told one thing and seeing the boss, whether it be male or female, do the complete opposite because there is privilege. There is an understanding. And one man said to me, he was a CEO. He said, well, you know, Gloria, convince me, convince me that I need DE&I or even ESG, convince me of that. And I stopped him cold in his tracks and he, cause he was ready for the spiel. Like, you know, I'm selling Kirby vacuums and, you know, and he said, tell me. And I said, you're not my client. Mm. And he said, well, what do you mean? I said, if I've got to convince you CEO, because it's what happens from the top. Now your worker bees, your team members, the people that are helping you make those profits, they're already on board. Most of them It is that mid-level manager. Mm -hmm. Right. Who is like, you know, yeah, they're going to say this and in six months it's going to change and they're going to want something else. If those middle level managers, that's who you give me. But I'm not going to convince you if you're telling me that I've got to convince you, Mr. CEO, you're not my client because you're not ready. The people who come to me say I am wanting to do this or I'm doing this, this and this in the ESG or in the DE&I space. I don't know how to broach my employees. Can you help me with that? I don't know how to take the next step. Can you help me with that? They want their document to be alive. They want to employ it, not just at work, but after work, before work, how it spills over. Well, my kids are asking me this, Gloria, and I don't, I don't have an answer. What about pronouns? All of those things that come into play, the accessibility, the LGBTQ+, all of that. People are saying, CEOs who get it are saying, I don't get it. I need help getting it. Can you help me? And my answer is, yes, that's half the battle now. Get me an audience with your mid-level folks and let me talk to some of their employees, right? The people on their teams anonymously, and let's see what people are experiencing. And I can tell you why you're losing black and brown people. I can tell you why you're losing LGBTQ+. All of those things matter. Not what you say, it's what you do. You have a great point, you know, and uh, about the importance of leadership and leadership in embracing a diversity, equity, and inclusion. This uh, is cranberry juice, by the way. This ain't wine. What's she doing? <laughs> I, I got my water right here. So no, <laughs> yeah, but you know, you um, make a, a good point about leadership, you know, and I agree with you. You know, when I start my training and one of the things they always say is, what's the how? And I always say, you have to begin with your leadership because your leadership creates the vision, right? That's right. That's exactly They're the visionary right. of the organization. They're the ones who influence change. They're the ones right. who demand change. change. And they're, right. the, they're the ones who create uh, 
help to make sure that there are consequences if you right. don't come along with the change. I was going right? to say, they create the incentives for that change. If there are no consequences or incentives, they're like, yeah, I'm going to cut bait. I'm out. This is mm -hmm. not something that I believe in. I think when you are clear as to where Mr. CEO or Mrs. CEO, where you want your company to go, mm -hmm. those individuals who buy that brand and who believe in that and who want to change, who didn't know how, who want to be comfortable being uncomfortable and talking about things that it's not about whether you own slaves. What it's about is where we are today and how do we get forward? And by the way, white women, we cannot do this without you. So y'all, a lot of women will say, well, you know, I do white woman. I, I can lead it. No, 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 stop. <laughs> no, I don't think you can lead it. I think you can be in the room. You can be at the table. You can Black Lives Matter, the sun, all of that, but you cannot relate to the pain, struggle, and drama that has led to Black women being who they are. Even the politics of hair, as I sit here and look at your beautiful hair, there was a time mm -hmm. if you wore that to work, what? Oh, I know. <laughs> well, or if I'm very clear on that. Yes, yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that because I know there was a policy, actually, uh, at one of the places I worked, well, I'm going to say Six Flags over Hello. Texas. Uh, when I was a teenager, wow. that was one of their policies that we could not wear braids and afros. And so um, uh, thank God, like you talked about those incremental steps. Now we can come to work and be who we are as Afri African-Americans. But uh, going back to your point uh, about white women, which I think is a valid discussion when you talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion, is that we do know as Black women that uh, white women uh, um, use their power um, when it's convenient for them and then uh, 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 cry, uh, yeah, when they're called out on their own racism. Mm -hmm. And that goes back to your uh, discussion earlier about uncomfortable conversation. That's right. When we have these trainings and workshops on diversity, equity, and inclusion, it is uncomfortable because people have to deal with their biases. Do. Both conscious and unconscious, and you are so right. When when I when I can get people to talk about it, you know, in the sessions, because you know people are a little afraid, yeah. you know, to say yeah. something. But you know, you always have uh, some people who believe in class participation. They right. end up finding out that many of the ideas that they have about race came from their families. No question. And and, and there is the and and there is some discomfort mm -hmm. about really coming to acceptance that my parents taught me this or my grandparents taught me this. And even if I change my ways of thinking, I have to go back and at Thanksgiving dinner, I have to hear these things and blah, blah, blah. So <clears throat> let's talk about those uncomfortable conversations and how you uh, in your um consulting company really address those? Or do you have open, oh, open gosh, dialogue? Yes. Okay. Oh, absolutely. It has to be an open dialogue in order for us to make progress. Everybody in the room has to be vulnerable. Everybody in the room has to agree that, not only agree, but in writing that this, what happens in the room stays in the room because people who are going to be speaking are telling their story. 
So outside of the room, it is not your story to tell. It's their story. And so if we are self-disclosing, therefore we want others to self-disclose, that builds trust. And once you start building that, those barriers drop down. They say, well, well, you know, wait a minute, let me ask you this case in point. One one man said to me, you know, this thing about privilege, I don't, I don't have privilege. I, you know, I'm a white guy and I worked hard for everything I've got and nobody gave me nothing. And, you know, when I hear that I've got this privilege, it's just, what is that? And I said, well, let me explain to you this way. I know you like to swim. I said, so think of it as a swimming pool or even a stream out in the country. And you jump in that stream, right? Because the stream is privilege. You jump in that stream of privilege. When you jump in, white man, you are swimming with the stream. Yeah, you are working hard. You are stroking. You are making progress. But the stream is helping you as well because it was designed to help you. That stream was designed to help you. I jump my chocolate tail in the same stream. I am swimming against the current twice as hard to get half as far because that stream, that system was not designed to help me. Mm -hmm. And so therefore... There is over the years when you say, well, I didn't nobody help me. Yeah, they did. It was written in the laws. It was written in all of the things that even today, whether it was redlining, whether it was um, segregation, whether it was, um, you know, um, board versus plastic, all of those things, education, everything that we have today has been arrived at from segregation and things that really did not work in the favor of black folks. Because remember, we were not even considered a person. I said, so when you hear that, that is not to take offense. That is to give you a better understanding of the system that we still have today. You are still taking and you are still getting the benefits of what you want. Case in point, look at some of these home appraisals. You know, I can remember one woman saying to me, well, you know what, this house is going to be great. Your house is beautiful. Hey, but can you take, take down your, take down your black art and get, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I said, well, what, what, why am I taking down my black art? Um, and I remember being in Atlanta and hearing some of that, right? Take, you know, you just, you don't want a whole bunch of stuff on the wall. I said, well, I don't have a whole bunch of stuff, but I do have black art. I said, so are you telling me that my house goes down in value because they know it's a black family? She says, Gloria, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that it's fair, but and I said, hold on. And I said it to her, I said, Sheila, I said, you are a white woman. If you think you're telling me something that I do not already know, here's the problem. If you can't push back on those individuals who are saying that, or you get that vibe, then that's not the person. I know that there's somebody out there who's gonna buy this and appreciate what we've done with the few pictures I have on the wall that happens to be very custom black art. So it's not like I'm putting up posters with some stick pins. <laughs> and so, and so she was like, okay, I just, okay. You're, you know, I just, sometimes people, they don't know all of those little microaggressions, those things that you gotta, you know, cause they ain't asking the white families to take their pictures off the wall at all. Well, you know, there's been studies about that, that, the, the, that, and, the value of homes go down once a buyer mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. knows that someone of of color, particularly right. black, black. People, yes, particularly live black there. people mm -hmm. live there. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, there's been studies about that, and it's unfortunate that the home that I live in, that may be the same across town, right. would be devalued because I lived in it, or even next right. door. Right. 
And so uh, that's the reality of how uh, uh, racism works in America. Mm -hmm. And to your point about, you know, the person who was talking about he did mm -hmm. uh, not have uh, privilege. Mm -hmm. We know that white supremacy and white privilege is both systemic and structural to your right. point about the river, right. you know, as an analogy. Right. And so we all individually and mm -hmm. collect collectively have to make an effort to dismantle those structures and those systems that yeah. perpetuate inequality right. and right. difference. That's I'm right. Inequality, not difference, because we are different, but right. inequality. Right. <clears throat> so <clears throat> In your opinion, let's let's talk about some solutions. Okay. So we both and we can go back and forth about what we feel like companies should enter how they should integrate uh diversity, equity, and inclusion into their business strategy. So let's right. talk about that a little. So we can give let's 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 give three ways, three ways that companies can integrate. Uh, D E and I into their business strategy in order that it's not something that is separate. Exactly. And, and, and also uh, a choice. Right. It's a part of your of culture. That's right. Culture and strategy. What, right. what advice would you give? Uh, well, the, the first advice I would give is that intentionality of being mm -hmm. all of the above. So when you are mm -hmm. bringing in a person of color and you are or a black person let me be specific and you say you know what um this person is going to be our such and such and so and so and that person is seen i want that and not telling and telling this about this person in front of the entire organization or the entire management team saying here's what i want each and every one of you to do i want you mm -hmm. to embrace this person mm -hmm. as if he were your you know, best friend, or if he were your, and again, I know that there is a lot to unpack there, but what I'm saying is when the head guy is saying it to the uh, his C-suite team and the mid-level managers, it affects change because then they know, and we'll follow up. I will actually be asking this person and the frontline supervisors or the team that's on X, Y, and Z to give me feedback on where we are. And by the way, your pay is going to be connected. Your bonus is going to be connected to how well you are doing or how well you are not doing. And I will tell you right now, rank and file, individual, C-suite team, fill in the blank, that if this is not something that you believe in, I am more than happy to get with HR and help you find another company because this is where we are going. This is who we are and this history about this company is going to be tied with being on the right side of history. That's that's what I would say. So I found two things and I want three. So you said oh. intentionality is right. one. Intentionality. Two, and two, and I'm not sure how you would define this. I say consequences, but you, you defined it in another. Uh, well, what I said was there are consequences and repercussions. There are repercussions. Yes. Uh-huh. Because uh -huh. they can be great. You can, you know, the good and the not so good. Listen, every action is going to have a reaction. Sometimes our reaction is good. Sometimes our reaction is restriction, as I experienced growing up, right? Or mm -hmm. a butt whooping, depending mm -hmm. on how bad the violation was. Mm -hmm. All of those things 
matter. It's the same way in adulthood. So the third one I would be, and I thought this was to be able to follow up on that is key. You can't just arbitrarily put markers out there and never come back in a month, two months, six months, a year and say, how are we doing in this area? Mm -hmm. You know, and don't just ask the black person, ask those who interact, ask those who also have the parameters that are set up to make sure there's inclusivity, understanding the diversity, understanding, you know, one of the things I experienced in the newsroom um, when, and you're right, I was at CBS 46 and before there I was here on KOA radio in Denver and as well as the CBS affiliate here um, in Denver. CBS 46 was in Atlanta. But one of the things I remember was making sure that I showed up, right? And making sure that accountability piece that I wasn't just walking it, I was talking it as well as walking it. It is so important for that piece to be seen. And when others are saying, well, you know what, Lo, this is, that's, we don't want to do that. This is not a choice. So many times I talk to people now and CEO says, well, you know, can you make them? No, I'm not saying make them. I'm saying give them a choice. Mm -hmm. Give them that choice of this is where this company is going. But if that's not where you want to go, I respect that. Tell me and let's get with HR and find you someplace else to go because it's not going to be here. <laughs> there is something that is very matter of fact about that. And you, you might get pissed, but you cannot help but respect because that higher up is telling everybody in his line of succession or her line of succession and their mid-levels down, this is where we're going. And he's not playing because if my pay is tied to this and I'm your supervisor, oh, honey, it is on and cracking. More importantly, if the head guy is saying, I too, the board is going to hold me accountable and I'm holding you accountable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That begins real change, Ramona. It is not something that is phoned in and yeah, you know what, we did this and we checked the box and on to the next. That's not going to cut it. And your employees today are saying, you know what, if my company or the company that is wanting me to work there does not have that in place, I'm not working there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it is coming at, it is coming at whether it's a corporation, whether it's a small business, whether it's medium size, whether it is an, a, a, a board um, whether it is an organization, one guy had asked me, actually, this was a woman. She said, well, you know, this environmental piece, what is the, how do you, how do you do that in the sense of, you know, I said environmental sustainability and mm -hmm. the social mm -hmm. aspect of that. You look at some parts of town and here in Denver's Cherry Creek, the Creek there, it's Buckhead. They would have never built Buckhead without infrastructure, i.e. Wi-Fi, i.e. light rail. Well, light rail is a whole different topic, right? But here, anything other than getting in concrete and on pavement is important. You can't be a 21st century city and everybody gets in their own car and travels down the road. You must be multimodal. Exactly. Absolutely a must. And so I said to this person, I said, when they do all those things and lay the infrastructure down for the higher ends of town. And then you come over to the black part of town and you got to stand on one leg with a, a, you know, aluminum foil on your head to get a signal that Wi-Fi infrastructure and all of that is not in place. The same thing with solar and energy. Mm -hmm. If you have all the bells and whistles in all these other houses, but on the black side, they just happy to turn on the gas or turn on the electricity. That is not where we're going as a globe, Correct. as a world. Why is that? 
If you are building in my city, developer, you are going to lay that infrastructure and we're going to make sure it is laid correctly so that those individuals who are definitely have nots don't have to take their kids to Starbucks so they can finish their homework. Exactly. That is ESG. That is making that environmental piece of making sure that the gap between the haves and the have nots don't get bigger. That's a portion of that E. The other portion is you talk about solar, you talk about the cars we drive, you talk about businesses that say, well, what's the worst part of your environmental piece? Businesses will say it's airlines because you can't get on no airplane and get no, no electric flights, mm -hmm. right? They're mm -hmm. burning fuel. So mm -hmm. then how do you curtail and look at that? How do you measure it? How does that come back to the company? And are your subsidiaries that are doing business with that company, are they trying to find an alternative? Can we do Zoom? Can we go and set up a satellite office so that we're not on planes all the time? There's a lot that go, what kind of car do you drive? Your employees, is it hybrid? Is it mm -hmm. solar? Mm -hmm. It's not just about what you say. It is about what you do. And that is what's going to help us all turn a corner. Gloria, I am uh, a big advocate for higher education. Mm -hmm. And I believe that all of us have had unique experiences as well as similar experiences in college and that we there are some things we wish we would have known when we were <laughs> In yes. college, right? Yes. So, Lord, yes. <laughs> so what college or colleges did you attend? What were your major or majors and your degree or degrees? And what strategy would you or strategies would you give students to ensure that they're successful in college? So I started out at Pikes Peak Community College in Colorado Springs because even though I knew I wanted to go to University of Colorado, CU, you know, Buffaloes, Hook'em Horns, blah, blah. Okay, that's the Texas, <laughs> but whatever. I was going to say with original horns. So. Right. <laughs> I'm a UT right. graduate, University of Texas graduate. Just just correcting you on that. Okay. That's right. Yeah. No, that's right. That's right. I got a, I got a play brother who's like, don't you speak of Hook'em Horns? That's, hey, that's Texas. Um, but, but I would, I, I remember going to Pikes Peak Community College because I knew I was so lacking in math. And I knew no one was going to take the time at the University of Colorado to get me up to speed. So I said, let's go back. I mean, damn near two plus two. Let's take me back. And so I did. When I got to the University of Colorado, I graduated from um, Pikes Peak PPCC on their wall of fame, mm -hmm. you know, as the person who, you know, she's in radio and she's in TV and blah, blah, blah. So it was, it was a wonderful uh, experience several years back, but went to see you and really um, immerse myself. And by the way, at Pikes Peak Community College, it was communications. When I got to see you, I knew the importance of business, but I did not know enough. And by that, I mean, I remember I was in my third year and the dean who was Dean James Rothy. Um, I'll never forget him. And I remember I was walking around during finals time and he's like, well, what's wrong with you? And I said, you know, just, I, I think I'm going to change my major. Now, you, I'm a junior with my crazy butt. Mm -hmm. They would change it because I just, I'm not feeling this. And so he said, come into my office. He said, you know, I have my 10-year-old's daughter, 10-year-old daughter. He's a white man. And it was majority white University of Colorado. That shouldn't come as no newsflash. He said, I want you to read this article. Um, it's got Oprah and it's got... Um, 
um, Steven Spielberg in it. He said, I want you to read this and I want you to read the article on them and how they even did the color purple and how they met and blah, 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 and all the stuff. And I read it and it was a eureka moment um, because the article really talked about how Oprah was even picked for that role, right? And because that was not something Quincy Jones meets her because they had been looking for Celie and didn't know and all this stuff. And finally he calls Stephen and he says, I just met this woman, this reporter, and she's Celie. And, you know, Stephen was like, what? <laughs> all of that. And so they all meet up. And of course, as you know, the rest is history. And I said to James, he said, what did you learn? What did you take away? And I said, everything is about relationships. He said, that's exactly right. I don't care if you are in journalism or if you are in what you learn in the business school, it is the importance of relationships. And so I would equate that to any student who's watching this, it is about, yeah, the partying is great. Yeah, the, you know what? But the partying is gonna be there. It's gonna be there. Get what you need to get and get out and focus on the things that are important. Not because you are trying to get A's and B's because I was not that. But I am so, so thankful. I got plenty of common damn sense. I've got that. And that tenacity that, you know what? You might look better. You might be skinnier. You might, whatever. But you're not going to outwork me. It's just not going to happen. There has to be a made up mind that says, if I lose, it will not be because I did not try. But if I try as hard as I can, I'm not going to lose. Because even if I don't come in first place, Look at what can happen with second place. Can you say, look at Jennifer Hudson? She didn't win American Idol. Mm -hmm. You know, all of those things that where you apply yourself, even if you don't get what you think, it never happens like you think it is going to happen. And so what God means for you, he means for you. And yes, I am spiritual, even though, you know, occasionally I do cuss, <laughs> but I still believe. <laughs> I still you got a sister here too. <laughs> honey. On it, okay. I think it is so important for you to make sure that you stay true to what it is you want to do and don't be so full of yourself that you think you've got all the answers. No one ever does. Mm -hmm. I wanted to choke that man when he said, I want you to read this article because I was already struggling with finals, but I'm so glad he did because I learned a very valuable, very valuable lesson the importance of relationship. Don't ever burn a bridge, tell people what you need to tell them, do it with respect and do it with a mindset of, you know what? I don't know what I'm gonna need down the road. So let me go ahead and tell them, I don't need to disrespect them now. Some people gonna clown on you. It is so much easier to walk away because if they put their hands on you, that's a whole different chick, but I'm just saying, do what you need to do to preserve your dignity, your respect and get your education and go out there and change this world. Cause one of you, everybody can't do everything. Everybody can't be on TV, everybody. That wasn't my goal. I, I didn't start out wanting to be on TV. But everybody can do something. That's it. Do something positive. I and love those pieces. The, those pieces of advice are so uh, important. The importance of building relationships. Huge. Wouldn't be here without it. Do your best. Apply yourself. Yes. Stay true to yourself. Recognize that you don't know everything, right? And lastly, like you said, fulfill your purpose. That's right. Be, give your gift to the world. 
right, your whatever why. that gift is. That's, that's it. it. What is your why? What mm -hmm. is your why? Figure that out. You gonna get the heck of a lot sooner than me. I can tell you that because it took me a minute. But it is a wonderful world once you figure that out. A special thank you to the incredible team of the Empowerment Zone. Terry Gully, theme song, NADWorks, digital support, and of course, our featured guest, 